Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So this week we are going to be continuing on a conversation about game gaming architecture or architecture in video games. Uh, it's become a really interesting topic for us, and it's really fun to just dive further into it, uh, see how the influences of different architectural styles are contributing to the overall themes of these games. How is it helping, and how is it helping deliver the message without having to spoon-feed it to the audience themselves? Because there's so much to them. I mean, just like with how an art style can say so much about a game at a quick glance, the architecture that's used within can help deliver an entire message, set the scene, tell you how the people are living, who's flourishing, who's not doing well, right? Like there's so much that can be told from a building or the way that something is presented in, in that way. And it's just, it's been really, really fascinating. So we have talked, to, uh, we did an episode on brutalism, uh, brutalist architecture. If you haven't listened to that, definitely recommend it, but you know, not a prerequisite to listen to this one. You're not gonna hear anything that you need to know from previous episodes, just like all of our other episodes out there. Uh, but it's definitely a, a really cool listen. Uh, there's a lot more st to it than you think. <laughs> Honestly, it's very, very trippy to think about. But so today we are gonna be diving into the world of Art Deco. Now, everybody is familiar with Art Deco, I would assume, right? Uh, it's been, it floods our architecture in the greatest ways, right? It was the booming architecture style of the 1920s. It was the way to show innovation, to show growth, to show wealth, and the fact that we are flourishing as a people. Uh, the art style is very interesting, right? It's very straight lines with a lot of embellishments, uh, very harsh, like crisp, uh, very well crafted materials. Uh, it's it's gorgeous to look at. It's it, it's very synonymous. And whenever you see it, you're like, oh yeah, that's I, I get it, right? Like if you look at the Chrysler Building in New York, it's like okay, yeah, I, I get that, right? Like it's it, you get that style. It has this grandiose vibe to it that is just it kind of just takes over the street. It, it just shows that this is an important beacon of something. And a lot of times Art Deco was looked at as a way to show the future, that we are moving forward, we are flourishing, we ha there is hope. And that's how the architecture was used to display hope for people. And during the 1920s and um, in the 1930s, when this really began to kind of pick up in the United States, that was after the Great Depression. So we were coming out of the Great Depression where everybody was you know, rationing and it is very hard times. It's very impoverished, um, impoverished times at that right then and there. But coming out of it, that's when people wanted to kind of celebrate their new hope, their new lease on life. And they wanted to do so with their surroundings. They wanted to be reminded of the beauty of life. The fact that we can be innovative work harder and get better and be better, right? So that's really what this whole movement like represents. And it's not just in architecture, it's art, it's ballets, it's music. Like the Art Deco movement was massive, like, truly massive. 
And it has brought us some of the most amazing and iconic pieces that you can ever meet right, or ever see. And it, I don't know if anyone's ever actually been inside of a building that was completely just Art Deco style. There is really something to it. Like when you walk in, you feel the weight of the room. You feel like the just the sheer amount of energy and force and will that took to put this stuff together. And it's truly a sight to see. It, it, it's it's something to really just kind of absorb for a moment and just sit quietly in that space because it, it's, it I don't know, it, it really makes you feel like you can keep pushing through and persevering. So the, the structures are usually very massive, very large shapes, like I said, very large uh, angular, not too like less curves, but then the embellishments that get put on top of that are just out of this world. I mean, you're talking like gold plated everything, right? Like just crazy gilded stuff, patterns all over the place. It's it's visually just so much to take in, and it has a lot of interesting psychology behind it. While the movement itself was helped designed to create this sense of hope, prosperity, wealth, uh, right? And this sense of joy that we've made it through the depression. We are now a flourishing country. Let's show off a little bit, right? That's kind of what the the whole, like even Great Gatsby, those kind of um, ideas were formed from. The, there's a kind of like a dark side to Art Deco where it's very forward facing. And there's this kind of mystery behind it where you don't really see the people that put forth the work. You see the people who are living and flourishing in that area, but you don't see the people who actually did it. And are they the one, are they flourishing? Are they doing well? Or are they being used for the benefit of the elites, right? And I feel like that has helped contribute to a lot of interesting stories uh, and interesting ways to use Art Deco in a very like meaningful way where you're showing wealth, prosperity, and all this stuff, but then you're also showing like the fact that there's the crazy elitist culture and that there are people who believe that they are above some right? Like there there's a utal or the like totalitarian idea of control that's also in Art Deco, which I find very interesting. Uh, but there the fact that they're able to convey these messages is it's just kind of beautiful in its own way. And seeing a horror movie in using Art Deco very well is very fascinating, too. I mean, like, if you look at The Shining, it is an iconic, iconic movie. Every shot is gorgeous to look at. And just it's because of these little flourishes, these little embellishments that are everywhere that just kind of catch your eye and distract you for a moment before you're bringing back into the actual story that's going on. And I feel like that's really Art Deco in a nutshell. It's a lot of embellishments to cover up something that might not be that great, right? So it, it is very interesting. And video games definitely have used this in a very meaningful way. And uh, before we go into like some obvious answers, because there are some obvious games out there that use Art Deco in a very powerful way, there are a lot of games that actually use Art Deco very subtly. And one of them, for instance, like just a, a quick one, is Civilization V, right? Civilization V, for those who don't know, is a, a 
it's a town building game that you just kind of try and take over the whole world, right? It's very popular, so I don't, I don't really feel like I need to explain <laughs> civilization to anybody out there that's listening. Uh, but the UI itself in Civ Five specifically is very Art Deco inspired. There's a lot of gold gilding. It's a lot of just straight lines, very bold text. But I think it's very interesting that they decided to go with an Art Deco style despite some of the sceneries being very rural or like farmlands, right? Like it's it's kind of a funny juxtaposition there. But I think what the goal is, is to put the character or put the player in the mindset of prosperity, wealth, and perseverance, right? It's the all the themes and the positive ideas of our deco that you're trying to portray. You are trying to build a well, like well-functioning town from the ground up a full civilization, right? Like you're trying to build everything and flourish with it. So why not put that in the forefront in the very beginning in the UI that the player is interacting with on a second to second basis? So it's always in the back of their mind that we are trying to reach this golden era. Right now, we are, you know, just planting crap crops or planting wheat and trying to hope for the best and look out for barbarians. But our end goal here is to reach this gilded gold era. Right. So it it makes sense. And it's it's a very interesting, subtle way of bringing Art Deco into games. And a lot of games use it in these little tiny ways to subconsciously influence the player. And not just in video games, too, but in a lot of board games as well. You see the Art Deco style used quite a bit. Uh, there's a card game that I, I love. It's super simple. But the all the art is Art Deco inspired. It's very uh, a lot of like gold gilded uh, details and things like that. It's called Control, but it's not the video game Control. It's a different one. <laughs> but it's it's basically all about um, like space exploration and stuff like that, and kind of uh, get the most points by doing. It, it's a very simple basic card game. But the art style is what drew me to it originally because it's just it it makes you want to collect more, right? When something looks like this fancy in a way, right, or this rich and so well crafted, like you want to collect more. So it just makes sense to be used in a, a game where you have to like collect things, right? Like you're trying to flourish and, and grow. So it's, it's very interesting to say the least. But as far as like some bigger games out there or ones that it's kind of a little bit more prevalent in the scenery itself, not just the UI or some subconscious levels, um, what kind of game would you say really synonymizes the idea of Art Deco? Hmm. I'm avoiding Bioshock for first because I, to me, a game that really kind of makes it more obvious about the... pseudo optimism of art deco probably would be prey um the 2017 prey uh, mm. specifically as the other one is very different from that um it's to me and this isn't spoilers uh, at all uh majority of the spaceship that you're on you know like the lobby any any place that you know people would be walking through anything the public would see it's very beautiful very grand it's uh almost like a neo deco in a sense that it 
utilizes Art Deco styles and themes, but adds like a futuristic take, right? So mm. we see, you know, screens with words constantly putting on like TV screens and stuff. You're seeing these like retro inspired computers. Like it's very like, at, at times, it seems more like a retro futurist kind of idea where they they utilize that old style and put a new spin on it. But at the core of it, you really see the Art Deco shine through. And I thought it was so cool because it's not often you see this kind of style in a sci-fi space setting like this. You know, usually you'll see... Art Deco with like, I don't know, a noir game or maybe not in this setting, right? Kind of not like a timepiece game, right? One set in yeah. that period or a period piece. That's what I meant. And, but the thing is, is that it fits so well with this game because once you start exploring like the back rooms or any place that, you know, is kind of off the beaten path, you realize it's not all grand. It's not all opulent. It's cold. It's utilitarian. It's very unwelcoming. And it it really feeds into the narrative in that, you know, you can't trust anyone or anything. Mm. And it that idea becomes more prevalent throughout the game as you start discovering truths. And I think this game does it so well. And at the time when I played this, I didn't really think about this that much. You know, I, I thought about, you know, the story and everything. And I thought, oh, this is a really pretty game. But I didn't really think about how this architectural style supplements the theme so damn well in this game. I think it almost does it better than Bioshock to an extent because it really shows like, hey, like, yes, you can see the opulence and wealth, but, you know, behind closed doors, it's it's the complete opposite, right? I think Prey does it more subtly, right? Bioshock is kind of like hitting you over the head with it. Like, Art Deco yeah. is known for with like being elitist. So of course, like boom, like elite, 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 right? Like it whereas Prey, it's more of a it, it's kind of leaning more towards the hope side of it, right? And in the way that it's presented. And I think that it and that the reason why it works so well is because, like you said, it it hides the what's really going on in the background where you can't trust anything. And I think that meshes really well with the gameplay itself because a lot of the enemies are, are hiding in the objects that are around, right? So you even can't trust this opulence and this idea of hope that's right in front of your face anymore. So I, I, it's, I, I feel like that's really, that tied with the, the way it uses the architecture, uh, like the juxtaposition between the two styles really helps just sell the point. And I think that's where Prey does it a little bit better than Bioshock in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, both games play very similarly, which is kind of cool. Um, and it almost, like, 
I hate to make it sound like that, but it's like, damn, after playing it, you kind of feel like there's a lot of similarities between them. And I want more games with this style. I, I feel like it's hard to find a game that utilizes that art style and mixes it with, you know, the story and makes it have meaning. Like anyone that kind of looks into Art Deco and the history behind it, you can see the correlations. And I think, you know, that's why a lot of people, when they think of this style, it's usually Bioshock or Prey. You know, there are some other games out there that do utilize it, but usually it's just those two that people will quote the most. But I feel like most people don't think about, you know, the the connotations that it has. But yeah, I love I love Prey. I I felt like I didn't appreciate it when I played it, but after I beat it, I was like, oh man, this is good. Yeah, it's it's a game that's always caught my attention and definitely one of my lists that I want to play through. <laughs> I just haven't had a chance to actually get to it yet, but I just I love the art style of it. I think it's just so fascinating and the way that it uses Art Deco it, as a way to deliver the message in a very powerful way is pretty amazing, right? especially set in such a like futuristic sci fi spacey kind of world that we can use a style that's synonymous of the 20s as something being well done that way, right? So it is pretty amazing. And it it being able to really transform the theme and the, the art style of Art Deco into something that is just so interesting and impactful is incredibly important for video games for sure. And I feel like one game that definitely does that. And it's one that I just happened to kind of stumble upon and I find it really fascinating. And of course, like this theme or this style fits so well for it is a game called Cabaret. Uh, it's a really, it's a small like art deco horror game. And that's basically like what it is. You're going through an entire hotel that is art deco inspired. Uh, even the notes and things that you pick up, if you look in the background or like sometimes on the paper that it's written on has like some extra flourishes. There's just so much visually to look at in this game. And you're trying to you're just going to a cabaret show in a luxury old hotel. But then it becomes incredibly surreal where the hallways start to blend together. Things start to kind of look the same. Like you start seeing faces in the doorways and there's a lot to it and like the the whole idea of a underground society like illuminati style with witches and like weird rituals going on like it just this style despite it being so known for hope and opulence has that ability to deliver creepy eerie ritual right like old magic kind of vibes at the same exact time which I find incredibly interesting. And Cabaret does it very well. Uh, it's it's a very small game, like it seems kind of like indie-ish, but it, it's pretty fascinating to walk through these hallways and just pick up these notes and see and check out the scenery and just feel how how much it it can change. Uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. And like, of course, it, as you progress through the story, it gets weirder and weirder. 
the hotel that you're in kind of devolves into some extra worldly dimensional spaces and just becomes incredibly bizarre experience to go through. But throughout the entire thing, even whenever you're in these other, like what feel like other dimensional areas, Art Deco is prevalent. And it's it's there always like that. That style is heavily used. And uh, one like particular scene that I found kind of fascinating in a, in a playthrough that I was watching is uh, there's a spot where you can flip on and off the lights. And whenever they do, they flip on these lights and a bunch of like hand drawn eyes are all over the place. And then like the flooring looks different. It almost looks like flesh tones, but it still follows in a pattern that I would say is very art deco inspired, but it's mm. like flesh, right? Like it's very, very interesting because of how intricate those details are. And it just kind of adds to the overall vibe and feel like I really get a lot of like um, the shining vibes from this game of the long hallways, right? Like you're just it looks like it. it yeah, it it looks like it was very heavily inspired by that. And the the jump scares aren't anything like too bad if you're worried about that. But it's it is very interesting. And um, I will say that it definitely feels like it almost feels like you're playing as Jack in The Shining, right? Like, even whenever you go to the cabaret show, there's one chair singled out for you, right? Like, you're the special guest of this hotel. Welcome and come on in, right? Like, it definitely gives the feeling that this was made for you, right? Like, it's very interesting and uh, definitely one to check out if you're willing to play through it. I don't believe it's a very long game at all. Um, but just an interesting experience for sure. Yeah, I never heard about this game until you brought it up. And I love that because I feel like it's so easy to get lost in the games we all know. And like this isn't even on Steam, which is interesting. Um, oh, fascinating. Yeah, I'm like kind of want to play it because I really like the premise. I love the location. Like it's just it looks really cool. Like, oh, it's on freegameplanet.com. So it's a free game that you can check out. Just try it out. Yeah, it's really fascinating. It's like trippy. Like when you there's like a let's play online, and I'm like, oh wow, like it's cool. Yeah. Very um, I know I said, oh, pray did our deco really good in space, but you know now I think about it, it actually has been done quite a few times. Um, so. Another big one that came out a little bit after Prey. And this is a game that I felt had... I thought it was good, but I didn't... It didn't blow me away like I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. I was so excited for this game. But uh, The Outer Worlds. Mm. And it, it really has... Uh, a lot of Art Deco themes throughout the world and everything, even some of the weapons. Mostly the architecture side of it shows on the main planet that houses all these mega corporations. I think it's called Byzantinium, mm -hmm. something like that. But basically the game premise is like there's these mega corporations who are colonizing planets 
and of course you can meddle with that or do whatever it's a dialogue choice kind of game uh it is a fun game uh i don't just, maybe i need to give it another playthrough see if see if i play like an evil route how i feel because i heard actually it's kind of fun doing that but it's a very pretty game and i do like the kind of little nods to art deco that it does and i think that you know like the other games that we kind of talked about so far it it does it in a different way um i think it kind of harks back to what what we're going to be seeing with Bioshock at some point is that with wealth and opulence, right? It's easy to jump to this style because it just looks damn good. And when you go to that planet, that's just, you know, modernized with the city, you're like, Oh wow, this really fits the theme. Right. And you see these beautiful buildings and it's interesting because on that planet, you don't really see a darker underbelly, uh, to that art style, but more so you see that that dark side through the corporation's actions and their their choices throughout the galaxy. And I thought that was an interesting touch. Hmm. You know, it, it's not like you need to actually see it right then and there that, oh, look, there's a wealth disparity on this planet. But instead, you see the destruction through this, like, mega capitalist world or galaxy that's going on you know it's not a cyberpunk setting in the sense that these mega corporations created like a futuristic city it's more so just like it's in the future but it's more realistic in a way and sometimes when i look at it now i'm like oh this kind of could be our future in a sense right like it's not it's not cyberpunky enough where it's like, oh, that's going to be real life in 400 years. This is more so like, oh, well, I could see like, you know, the billionaires of our world right now going out to other planets, colonizing it and, you know, throwing a billboard in the night sky. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I thought it was a nice touch uh, that it, instead you kind of get the idea that, yeah, these these people don't have good intentions, but they like flaunting their wealth. Um, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, you kind of see a lot of these set pieces in Art Deco and other games. Uh, and these games I'll kind of talk over kind of quickly just because I either have a lot of experience with it, but I feel like there's not enough Art Deco to make that like the focus of the game. But, you know, uh, for me, one that I found really interesting, and this is an older game, and I remember seeing this box, oh my god, I think it was at a Fry's when I was younger, like a kid, and I've totally forgot about this game uh, until maybe a few years ago. The style really stuck out to me because there's actually quite a lot of Art Deco in it, and I feel like no one talks about this game, which it's kind of a forgettable game. But uh, Starship Titanic, uh, it's a PC game. One. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I just remember the cover. And I remember uh, it was actually written and designed by Douglas Adams, who did uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it does play on the humor, like from the book. 
and it's it's an interesting game. You know, it's a late '90s adventure game, and when you look at adventure games during that time, it was that kind of explosion, right? Where you know, there's the first person adventure like Mist, right? Your your beginnings of the Walking Sim, or you have your like Lucas Arts, you know, King's Quest kind of. Oh, let me pull out my inventory. Let me do, you know, your typical point and click. And this game was one of the few during that in-between moment where it mixed like a first-person kind of view with still the text-heavy UI and dialogue that you would expect from those early point and click titles. And the thing I love about this game is even with this, it has a text parser, which you don't really see anymore um, in these kind of games. Basically, for those who don't know, it allows you to type uh, to the characters in the game. And basically, the game would translate what you're saying and make it into a command that, you know, the AI or the the characters would know. That's a um, lot of work. Yeah, like I was loved when old games did that and i feel like that's something we just don't see anymore which you know for the most part that might be a good thing also yeah like you said like it that probably takes a <laughs> too much work for what it's worth yeah because i'm wondering like how to i'm trying to think of how to actually accomplish that in a game and at a quick glance i can't think of it, it like you'd it have probably to takes, force the player to type in keywords yeah, like there's probably keywords that you can pick. You know, they probably picked some funny keywords to make it mm -hmm. like a character could joke. And then for everything else, the character could just be like, I don't know, you know, so it could be right. like that because a lot of them are like that where it's like, you know, you could probably put poop and they'll do like a funny little comment. But if you put like. A ghost ate my shoe. You know, it's going to be like, I don't know. You know, like, it's something stupid like that they won't pick up on. But I always thought it was a cool, cool mechanic that I would love to see. I would love to do a little deep dive and seeing like how that started and where it ended. Because be I feel like that's that. something I forgot existed. You know, honestly. I bet we're going to see a resurgence of it with uh, chat AI bots. That's, ooh, that's a good point. That would be Put really interesting and just see, like, make an open world game where you can say whatever you want to these people and see what you can accomplish. That'd be interesting. Yeah. AI is like the NPC chatter. Yeah. Hmm. There's an idea. Yeah. But with this game, basically, the premise is you're living in your little house, right, on, on Earth. And out of nowhere, uh, this big cruise ship like a space cruise ship uh, crashes into the roof of your house, destroying it mostly. And basically the, the people on the ship invite you on it and be like, Hey, we can give you like a third class, you know, uh, passenger card saying like, Oh yeah, you can enjoy the amenities of this class. The game basically has you trying to rise to first class seating uh, and all in the while kind of like learning the the secrets of the ship and beyond. But 
The reason why I brought this up with Art Deco is when you look at the insides of this ship, it's gorgeous. Just the hallways, everything is Art Deco. It's beautiful. It looks like if Bioshock, you know, if Rapture looked clean, you know, it wasn't destroyed. It's like, oh man, like this is a beautiful game when you look at the the interior design. Um you know, this, it got mixed reviews, but a lot of people that, you know, I feel like there are people out there really enjoyed this game. Uh, and that's actually kind of how I heard about it because I was looking at it and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And people are like, oh, yeah, this is an enjoyable game. Mm-hmm. But um, it's cool. You know, I I love these kind of adventure games. I wish it's a genre that I never really fully explored. I'm hoping maybe either this year or maybe that's my challenge for next year is to play a bunch of them because while I have an appreciation for them, I can count on my hands like how many of these kind of games I've actually like not even beaten but just played, Mm -hmm. which is sad. You know, I'm thinking about like Monkey Island. I'm like, I've heard about it all my life but have never touched it. Yeah, same. Um. But yeah, like this game is really cool. Uh, something I thought was kind of interesting, and this is more so my take. I, there might be some people out there that might argue with me on this one, but uh, in Skyrim, the Dwemer ruins. Uh, when you go in the cave system underground, there's these gold and brass structures. Um, a lot of steam, so you could argue it's like a art steampunk kind of style. But uh, I always kind of got that vibe. Of almost like these dwarves, like the dwarven, uh, or not dwarven, Jesus, the the Dwemer mm-hmm. had a fascination for an Art Deco style, even though Art Deco didn't exist in a fantasy setting, but it has that kind of gold opulence touch to it that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also for one more adventure game, can't forget about this guy, Grim Fandango has a lot of Art Deco in it. Classic. Yeah, that that's another one I need to get through. I, I started that one, never fully beat it. I I have a few people that I said that to, and they got mad at me. So I think it's definitely <laughs> something I'll cross off this year. It's a weird but, um, like badge of honor for gamers, right? I, I feel yeah. like that one's definitely up there. Yeah, I I think it's one of those like classics you need to. And I mean, it's you know Tim Schafer worked on it and. Pretty much everything he he works on is always good. So I need to jump into that because the the interior design on game beautiful. I love those pre rendered backgrounds and it's just ah oh, beautiful. But uh, I think I've done enough talking. I don't know if you have another <laughs> you want to talk about. I do, and this one's very controversial right now, at least. Um, so I want to talk about Atomic Heart now. There is a lot of issues with the game right now with government stuff going on. But I will say before I kind of like dive into that a little bit, uh, the the scenery itself is absolutely stunning. I mean, the, the game is gorgeous. Like you can't really deny that. And the idea of opulence and just growth, prosperity, all that is being shined through this Art Deco style that it portrays is truly amazing and a sight to see. 
it is a beautiful, beautiful game. Uh, and I just walking around in the first like five minutes, you're like, okay, wow, like this is this is pretty amazing. They they got it down to like the minute detail where even the the floors themselves have such a shine and a glitter to them in the, like the gold leaf that it just looks real. The mosaic um, portraits that are in one of these rooms is just absolutely stunning to look at. It's just the the detail work on it is absolutely insane. Hmm. And just down to the the clothing, the cars, the grand statues, the massive buildings that are obviously the important buildings, right? Like everything about it just screams Art Deco and what an entire Art Deco city would look like. Right, like if you let somebody just go ham and fully design an entire Art Deco city, this is what it would look like, and it, it looks absolutely gorgeous and stunning to look at. Now, just like Art Deco, right, <laughs> it's beautiful on the outside, but it could be pretty ugly on the inside. There's some major issues with Atomic Heart, um, as far as uh, some controversies that are kind of popping up. There's a lot of rumors that are appearing right now, too, uh, where there are uh, government officials trying to step in uh, and boycott this game. So for those of you who don't know, Atomic Heart is set in an alternative history in which Soviet Union uh, experiences a tech boom after World War II. So they've uh, prospered after World War II. So they're kind of like stuck in that, that time frame, but they've continued to grow technologically. Right. And uh, there's a lot of people who fear that it is showing off a lot of pro-Russian propaganda. And obviously, that's a big issue right now because of the invasion of Ukraine. So what was pretty interesting about this title, though, and I don't know if it's helping or hurting the game, to be honest, because when there's controversy behind a game, it usually draws people to buy it. Right. Like and check it out because of these things. But I think this is another instance where we kind of have to show our support with our money. If people who are being affected right now feel like this shouldn't be something that we're paying for, then maybe we should kind of pay attention to it, right? Uh, but the Vice Prime Minister of Ukraine and uh, Minister of Digital Transfer Transformation, uh, Mikhailo Fedrov, uh, he actually tweeted some letters that he sent to the heads of Sony, Microsoft, and Valve in which he urged them to block Atomic Heart from from all gaming platforms. Uh, so he claims that there is a potential risk that the money raised from purchases of the game will be transferred to Russia's budget, so it'll be used to fund the war against Ukraine. Now, NBC, who wrote this article that I, I happen to read on this, uh, is saying that there's they have not found any evidence that the game is uh, being used to fund the war. And uh, there is some rumor saying that uh, the company Munfish has some ties with Russian state-owned uh, and state-sanctioned companies and enterprises, and so that it looks like the money could potentially make its way back to Russia. But they've denied those claims, and there's just been massive uh, calls for boycott of this title, which I find rather interesting. Um, some people have actually mentioned and some people who are trying to boycott the game and said, if you really want to play this game and you're a gamer, just pirate it. And it, like it's kind of becoming an acceptable way of calling it out and just being like, you know what, it's it, it's a cool looking game. If you want to see it, go for it, but don't give them the money. So just go out and pirate it. And that's 
kind of like a big call right now for this title, which is kind of, it's a little sad to see, right? Because this company put forth a lot of work and effort into this title, and they've probably been working on this thing for years, right? Like, think, like probably like 10 years because of how grand this game is. You can't anticipate what the world is going to be like 10 years from now and know that the setting that you're putting your game in is going to be problematic. And by the time, you know, the invasion did happen, there's no real way of changing that stuff. And you can't just not release a game that you spent that long on, right? Like, and spent that much money funding and creating. So it is, uh, I, I do feel sorry for Munfish a little bit. Uh, if they do have ties to the Russian government, then obviously, then that's a major issue, right? Like, we really do need to not pay for this game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is blatantly obvious, the the Ruf Russian propaganda that's in it. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of this title. And the whole point of why they use the Art Deco style is to show that propaganda, to show that forward-facing look of prosperity, wealth, and all those things, and, and, and flourishment so that people want to invest and be a part of that world and trust them wholeheartedly with everything. I mean, like they even have pills in there now that say, oh, you don't have to go to school anymore. If you want to learn something, then you take this pill. And now you are a member of the educated society that is uh, well versed in this, right? Like, so it's like matrixed, right? So it there's, it's a very interesting concept for a game visually, like I said, stunning to look at. Uh, amazing architecture, amazing structures, uh, but there is some controversy behind it, which is a little unfortunate uh, at this time. So you could call it bad timing, um, which it's kind of a shame, uh, but or you can, you know, side with the fact that this is uh, helping a country that doesn't need help right now <laughs> that we need to kind of stand up against. So it's it's kind of it's a weird one to bring up, I know, and it's a weird one to praise uh, in a way because of the issues that are going on, uh, but it's also a game at the same time, right? So I don't know. I, I feel kind of weird about bringing it up, but I feel like after seeing it, it's and we're talking about Art Deco, it's kind of hard not to bring it up at this point. Yeah, it it definitely has like some little elements of it in there. I, I see like little bits mixed with, it's like, I guess the, the right term is eclectic um, yeah in the sense that it's mixing a bunch of different styles like i see a lot of art deco i see a lot of modernism um a lot of art nouveau right like there's yeah it it depends like where you look at and then you'll see like a new style like it, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of cool and it's it definitely like stylish um i haven't had a chance to play it i just know that there's a lot of horny robots in it yeah, that's the weird thing. Apparently, there's a vending machine that's incredibly obsessed with sex, and yeah, which is weird. So a lot of people say the first three hours is fantastic. So, <laughs> and then after that, it's like, okay, we're good, right? So, I don't know. From what I play, I didn't play that much because there's a weird thing with Game Pass right now. I don't know if it was my version, if it's a Windows version or what, but you get to a certain point and it says. Uh, locked for full game, even though it says it's on Game Pass. I, I don't know. I, hmm. So it, it could be like a demo on Game Pass, but it doesn't claim it to be. I, I don't know what's going on with that. So it's weird. That's the Russian government. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they tapped in. Or it could be the boycott, right? Like it could have been called out and they don't want it to be a free game. <laughs> and they want it to to not be as easily accessible for people, right? Because of the propaganda. Who knows? <laughs> um. Ooh, I forgot about this title. Um, this is a title I think kind of came and went. I remember seeing headlines for this game. I remember seeing a trailer, I think, during a state of play or something years ago. But uh, Close to the Sun, mm. uh, it's supposed to be a future where Nikola Tesla, his creations basically became a reality to the point where it runs everything uh, for better or for worse. And it's a lot of people say it's akin to a walking simulator. When I played it, I I didn't beat it because I kind of honestly got a little over it halfway through it. But what I did like was the environment and it's just art deco everywhere. It's a very beautiful game. Uh, very stylish it it has horror elements um but it's not really it's not gory it's not really scary there's some instances it's more so like chase scenes Mm. so if you have played outlast it reminded me a lot of that but um aren't you like if you just want to or something yeah i think i think so uh i remember it was something about a daughter or a kid yeah uh, but if you want to get lost in a really pretty environment, I would say that games are pretty good choice. But for me, I don't know the, the puzzles with the story just didn't push me at that time more into it. I, I probably give it a second chance now just cause I don't know. It's such a pretty game. Otherwise it's, it's definitely, it's an interesting one. I, I totally forgot about that game until you brought it up and I was like, Oh Yeah. That one always looked really cool, and I, that was it. And I feel like it came and went really quickly. So, yeah, it. I remember seeing the poster, or not the poster, but the image of it. And I was like, wow, it looks like Bioshock. Like even the everything about it. Which you know, speaking of the the last game we got here, Bioshock, uh, is basically the the shining example of this style in a game. Um, I think it kind of portrays it just as well in a sense like Prey in the sense that it shows the the good and the bad of the society. You know, Rapture is it's gorgeous. You know, it's basically a 1920s New York City underwater when you think about it. I mean, when you, you think of old skyscrapers like the Empire State Building, it screams Art Deco. And it, I know you said you had something about that. Uh, about Bioshock in general? Yeah. I mean, there's. Well, I feel like we kind of touched on it a lot anyway yeah, recently. I was going to say that, like, we've definitely have talked a lot about Bioshock. I mean, we have two whole episodes dedicated to Bioshock 1 and 2 uh, and the the philosophy behind it. So if you're kind of mm-hmm. interested in that, definitely check out those episodes because they were really cool to dive into. Uh, we had like a whole little mini series on the philosophy behind games 
where you explore different ones. And this was a huge one, right? It, it's kind of uh, hard not to pick Bioshock whenever you want to dive into interesting philosophical ideas. And this one really does take the cake, right? Like it, it's the shining example. It's what showed us, it, honestly, I feel like Bioshock was the one to pave the way for uh, interesting ways of showing and using Art Deco in video games. It, it really did something different. And it kind of showed us the importance of using real world uh, architectural designs in games and how impactful they can actually be if used right. Uh, the entire story, like, yeah, it kind of, it's after a while or really looking into it, it's it's a little heavy handed with the, with the whole idea of uh, Art Deco that's now decrepit, right? So it's kind of showing both sides at the same time, the beauty and the ugly side of it. And it's, it's a very interesting title for that. But yeah, like I said, I, I feel like if it wasn't for Bioshock, there might not be as much architectural importance put on games, uh, especially like AAA games, right? Like there's smaller indie games or little things like that, that of course put a lot of emphasis on architectural design, uh, where they're a little bit more artistic, but like they really took it and ran with it and made other companies kind of play catch up a little bit, right? With the way that they present their titles. So it is, um, it's a, it's a lot for sure. <laughs> And we do have to say thank you to Bioshock, but is it? I, I feel like since we talked about it for a couple hours <laughs> across a couple episodes, we don't really need. I mean, when you look at Bioshock, you you know, this is Art Deco, right? You know exactly what's going on. You know the vibes. You, it gives it tells the story so well in just the scenery itself. Like you look at any screenshot of any level, and you kind of have a pretty good idea of what's going on of what happened like the the environment tells the entire story without having to be told anything which is pretty fascinating all right well that's going to do it for us this week thank you guys so much for listening in as we dive further into architecture in video games it is a crazy fun topic to really dive into and it really has helped us uh find our like little missing piece there like we've mentioned before of how we want to analyze and look at games and architecture is such an important piece to that puzzle because it really does fill in the gaps of all the story of all the theme of everything that's going on in the world itself uh like i said with the bioshock stuff it can it can tell an entire story in just a single quick glance right it's it's pretty amazing how powerful the tool of architecture can be in gaming. And with the development of these new amazing graphics that games are coming, like games look downright amazing nowadays, right? Like I, they're just out of this world. And I feel like we're already at that point of almost taking it for granted <laughs> whenever a game looks so damn good. But it's, yeah, the, the way that we're able to portray this stuff properly, where it looks real and it feels real, uh, it's just, truly amazing. So I feel like a lot more emphasis on actual architectural design is going to be in play here for sure. But yeah, anyway, like I said, that's it for us this week. We'll talk to you guys next week with some more games that we find. Uh, but until then, bye for now.